Diabetes Revolution podcast with Dr. Sarah Townley, the type 2 diabetes coach, clinical pharmacist, and mom of six angels. You don't have to struggle and fight with your blood sugars for the rest of your life. I'm here to teach you the skills you need to control and even reverse this disease. There is such a thing as getting off your meds and creating a future free from diabetes. And you can have it too. Let's get down to business. Hey, you guys. I am feeling so peaceful today, so calm, and so just centered. And do you know why? It's because I've been doing my daily meditations. For those of you who've never heard me talk about it, meditations have changed my life. I started doing them almost a year ago, and they bring me to a place where I am fully present and can watch my thinking. I feel connected to myself on a level that no other place allows me to, and I feel very connected to God and creation, and it's just the most wonderful experience every time. Words really cannot describe how much I get from meditation and what it brings to my life and the experience of it. And so if you're interested in that modality, I would love to share with you the kinds of meditations that I like to do. You can let me know by leaving a review on this podcast or coming to my Facebook page. Just come message me. I would love to hear from you. All right, today's topic feels like a very important topic. Yeah, it's what to eat to reverse type 2 diabetes. Isn't that an awesome title? I'm totally going to give it to you too. There's not going to be any, you know, like, you know, hiding or withholding of information going on here. I really am excited to give you the most basic information that you need to understand about your diet to get reversal to get remission of your diabetes. Yeah, so what's the difference, right? Reversal, remission, cure. I've probably mentioned the nuances with the terminology before, like in that podcast, how we know type 2 diabetes is reversible. I use the word reversal because I believe that insulin resistance is a reversible problem and that there's oftentimes return of beta cell functioning in the pancreas, those important cells that create and produce and release insulin into the body. And I explain why that process can be reversed and backed up in the podcast, What's Happening in My Body. You can understand that this is a continuum. This disease is a continuum, which means that it's a slowly progressing process. And that even though in healthcare, you know, they like to categorize and label things and say, oh, your A1C is 5.7. So now you have a new problem called prediabetes or, oh, your A1C is 6.5%. And now you have a new problem called type 2 diabetes. This is really not a fair or or accurate depiction of what is happening in your body because this process can be moved forward over time as we see and how, in fact, how healthcare likes to think of this disease as a chronic progressive disease. But the truth is that it can be stopped in its tracks and you can actually reverse the development of the disease process in the body. Okay, so what about this term remission? And this term is getting a lot of recognition now because for the first time ever, 
major organizations that guide the treatment, the diagnosis and treatment of diabetes, are acknowledging that there is a thing called remission, and they've thankfully defined it for us so that we can talk about it with a consensus definition of what that actually means. So in September... The Endocrine Society, the European Association for the Study of Diabetes, the Diabetes UK, American Diabetes Association, they came together and they created a new definition for the term remission of type 2 diabetes. And what this is, they say, is an A1C that is less than 6.5% after three months of stopping medications to lower blood sugars. So... That's pretty basic. I think that that makes sense. I would agree with that, right? However, what about that person who's got the A1C of 6.4%? Is their insulin resistance in remission? I don't think so. And so this definition does leave some room for some debate. However, it's nice to have some acknowledgement that you can achieve A1Cs in normal blood sugars without medications, right? That's possible. It's a thing. And I've been saying that for a long time, but now these people, these experts and these major organizations are agreeing and acknowledging with me and with a whole host of people who teach what I teach. Okay, so the big point of contention when we talk about reversal and remission for a lot of people is, well, that doesn't mean that you can go back to eating whatever you want whenever you want. And I feel like that is logical and inherent in understanding what's going on when you achieve reversal and remission. It takes a lot of work to get to remission and reversal, right? And so why would you think that if you continued or went back to doing the thing that caused the problem in the first place, that the problem would not come back? But for a lot of people, they are afraid that if they believe they've been cured or have a remission of this disease, that they can just go back to eating the types of foods and the pattern of eating that caused them to develop insulin resistance. And I just think that that is clearly illogical, right? All right, and then of course it's important to know that remission and reversal of your insulin resistance doesn't always equate to reversal of the complications that's developed from the disease process, right? So if you've had eye problems or kidney problems or neuropathy from the disease of insulin resistance or diabetes, those sometimes don't heal. And that's just because the complication is already developed and the damage has already been done to those parts of the body. However, a lot of people do see improvement and even resolution of painful diabetic neuropathy or protein leaking into the urine in the, from the kidneys. And so it is possible to see that. It's just not guaranteed. Okay, so there are a couple ways that you can achieve remission or reversal of type 2 diabetes. It's not just one. Now, I love to teach lifestyle interventions, okay, because it's the most simple and empowering way to do it. However, most of you know that type 2 diabetes has been shown to be reversed and put into remission through surgical interventions, right? Bariatric surgery for a long time has been known to, quote, cure type 2 diabetes. 
And so that's really interesting to note because what's going on there, right? That's an interesting question. And what I would like to offer to you is that essentially bariatric surgery is medically induced fasting. It's profound calorie deprivation of the body. And that's why you see almost immediate normalization of blood sugars without appreciable weight loss. However, with continued weight loss, more and more people who've had bariatric surgery do see complete resolution of their type 2 diabetes. And it's powerful. In fact, some studies, like one that was published in March of this year in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism by Purnell et al., showed that 57% over seven years of follow-up of people who had had gastric bypass surgery did not have type 2 diabetes and were not taking medications for it. So that's pretty impressive, right? And then 22% of patients who had had lap band were seeing similar outcomes. And so I think it's really important to think about bariatric surgery as not some mystical, unclear mechanism for how it resolves type 2 diabetes. I like to think of it as really a medically induced lifestyle change (laughs) because that's essentially what's happening. And what I would like to explore with you today is that you don't have to have bariatric surgery to get those kinds of outcomes. You don't have to cut up your intestines and rearrange them in order for you to have a remission or a reversal of your insulin resistance. It's available to you without going through all of that. And I want to teach you some of the most basic dietary strategies that we know produce those kinds of results. Are you excited? I'm very excited. Let's recap first some basic facts about type 2 diabetes, okay? Type 2 diabetes is a disease that is caused by elevated levels of insulin in the body over time, which leads to insulin resistance and high blood sugars. It's pretty basic, right? Too much insulin also causes weight gain and obesity. That's why they co-occur. Diabetes and obesity commonly co-occur because they have the same root cause, high insulin levels over time. Now, insulin is released when we eat carbohydrates in response to a rise in the blood sugar. And flour and sugar are carbs that quickly and sharply raise the blood sugar, and they don't really have much nutritional value. I think most of us can agree on all of those facts. There's not a lot of room for debate within that synopsis, okay? So let's talk about what not to do. So why does the typical dietitian dispense dietary advice from the ADA that sounds like this? One, eat 45 to 60 grams of carbs per meal. Two, eat 15 to 20 grams of carbs per snack. And three, eat three meals and two snacks per day. This equates to about 220 grams of carbohydrates every day. And there's not a lot of distinguishing amongst the source of carbohydrates. 
And recipes that are published in ADA-approved recipe books often include things like flour and sugar. Okay. Now, if you live in Canada, the Canadian Diabetes Association advice is even worse. They say that carbs should provide 45 to 65% of your daily caloric intake. So on a 2,000 calorie a day diet, that's like 225 to 325 grams of carbs a day. So if you've been following this advice and maybe have doubts about diet being a solution to your diabetes, it's no wonder. Just give yourself some grace because you've been following bad advice. Okay, so now let's talk about dietary strategies that do work, that do allow reversal or remission of diabetes. I'm going to break it down into three points. First, what to eat. Second, what not to eat. And third, I want to talk to you about when to eat. Remember, the name of the game when it comes to changing up your food and your diet, your lifestyle, is that we're trying to manipulate your insulin levels to keep insulin low so that you can first resensitize your body to insulin and second, access and liberate stored body fat, especially the fat that's ectopic, that's in those places it's not supposed to be. Now, if what I'm saying to you is confusing or feels unfamiliar to you, it's really important that you go back and listen to the second episode, which is what is happening in my body, and episode number 13, which is, is it too late for me to reverse my diabetes? Okay, so let's get into the fun stuff that you came for today. First, let's talk about what to eat. And this is not going to be complicated, by the way. (laughs) It's not going to be like earth shattering for some of you. Okay, it's going to be pretty basic. So what to eat. Number one, you want to eat as much as possible only whole, clean foods. What do I mean by that? Whole foods are foods in their naturally occurring forms, as close to how they occur in nature as possible. So things like plants in their natural form, mushrooms, green beans, potatoes, whatever it is that's in its naturally occurring form hasn't been processed very much or changed or altered. And clean means real food, food that has as little additives as possible We're not adding or changing the color of it or the smell of it or the shelf life of it by adding chemicals to the product. That's what I mean when I say clean. Now, some of you may want to get into these details about what about organic or GMO or grass-fed. And all of these certainly are worth exploring. Do a little research and determine if these are important to you. But here is what I will tell you about those things. You have to be able to eat and live in a way that feels practical and fits your life. So I only want you to think about these or explore changing these types of things in your diet if it doesn't feel overwhelming to you. Because when you feel overwhelmed, you take no action. The result is inaction. And so if you get caught up in some of these things, like whether or not it's grass-fed or whether or not it's organic, you might feel that way. Some of us do. I know. I live in a house with six kids. 
And if I start freaking out about which type of carrots I'm buying, it's just going to be stressful. And so I don't get too excited about these kinds of clean foods, okay? I'm really trying to keep it as basic and simple as possible. So yeah, it's simple. Eat whole, clean food. Second, I want you to eat protein. And these are animal and plant sources of protein. So animal would be meat, you know, any kind of meat, pretty much that is whole and clean. (laughs) Eggs, right? Nuts, dairy. Nuts would be a plant, a type of plant protein. And there are other types of plant proteins. You know, you might be interested in things like lentils or um, tofu or whatever. So, so there's more types of protein, but by and large, it's much more difficult to get bioavailable protein from plants than it is animals. And I'd like to just throw out there that we evolved to eat protein from animal sources. That's how we evolved on the earth for most human races. And so I advise you to eat protein to satiety. I'm going to do a podcast just on hunger to teach you how to eat intuitively and based on your body signals. However, protein is a very important resource of energy, and it's it provides the building blocks for most of our body's needs. And so protein is integral. The third thing I want you to eat is healthy fats, animal and plant fats. Okay, so we're talking animal would be butter, eggs, salmon, bacon, those kinds of things. Plants would be things like olives, avocados, nuts. And I also will include things like heavy whipping cream in here as a animal fat. I want you to eat fats that are whole and clean that occur on the earth naturally for three big reasons. One is they taste good. Okay, your food should taste good. (laughs) Second is they keep your hunger at bay, okay? And the third is that they assist your body in learning how to burn fat for fuel. So eat healthy fats with your protein. And number four, what I want you to eat are non-starchy veggies in abundance, okay? So these are gonna be vegetables that grow above the ground, essentially. And you can be free with these. Eat them as much as you want in abundance, And have fun with them. I do. I'm going to share a recipe today for something that is delicious that is a non-starchy veggie. So comes the question for a lot of people, well, what about root veggies? What about potatoes, sweet potatoes? What about beets and carrots? What about all that stuff? And then what about corn? Okay. And for now, I'm going to keep it simple for you. I'm going to tell you to eat to your meter when it comes to this. What am I talking about? I'm talking about a technique that I teach in this podcast, and that's going to be the episode that's called How to Know If Any Food is Good for You, okay? I'm going to teach you that technique, but basically you're going to ask your body whether or not these root veggies and corn are going to agree um, by watching your blood sugar and how it responds. Okay, so now let's talk about what not to eat, okay? Um, and, and this is very basic. This is not going to be super, you know, new, big news to you. The first one is going to be refined sources of carbohydrates. So I'm talking here about carbohydrates that were in their whole clean form that were stripped of their fiber, ground down and concentrated into things like flour, 
and sugar. These are likely the foods that caused your type 2 diabetes. And we're talking about both solid and liquid forms. So don't forget about juice or anything that's liquid carbohydrates because these are highly concentrated and your body and your brain are not designed to handle the carb load and the insulin surge that comes from these foods. Now, sometimes people ask me, well, what about agave nectar, right? These are very cleverly marketed products that get your attention because they look healthy and purport to be healthy per their labeling. But what I advise you to do is check the label. Look under sugars and see if there is sugar in it. If it there is sugar in it, I don't think you should have that on a regular basis. Okay, it's not going to help you reverse your diabetes. It's not going to help you feel better. Okay, the second thing I want you to not eat are ultra-processed foods. Okay, what do I mean by that? So I mean foods that have been completely altered from their natural form by using packaging and like any kind of way that we make it ready to eat. Like you can just open it and warm it up or open it and eat it immediately. They have long shelf lives. They're essentially fake food, not real food. And I want you to consider that I'm even talking about packaged healthy foods, okay? Like keto bars, protein bars, protein shakes. Like these things have additives in them that we aren't really aware of all that they're doing to your body. And if you can avoid eating those, you're doing yourself a favor. Now, I do think it's nice to have some things in a pinch, You know, if you on a just a rare occasion need something to grab and go and you want to grab a protein shake or something like that, like I'm not going to judge you for that. I'm just going to tell you that you want to minimize the use of these things because they're ultra processed and they contain a myriad of ingredients that we don't know what they're doing to you. And the body does not recognize this food. Okay, the third thing I want you to never eat are hydrogenated industrialized oils. So that sounds really complicated. It's not. Okay, these are oils that are not healthy. They are including things like canola oil, vegetable oil, corn oil, soybean oil. There's a couple other like more rarely found ones, but these oils do not occur in nature. They have been manufactured in a factory with a highly industrialized chemical process, and they are inflammatory. They're stored in your body as sick fat, okay? So this is the kind of fat that incites massive inflammation and immune response and damages your tissues and interferes with the signaling of insulin. Inflammatory oils are at best never consumed. Now, Sometimes you might have them in your salad dressing, in your mayonnaise, in some things that if you look at the label, you're going to find pretty much everything that you're buying from the center of the grocery store, like not on the perimeters where the fresh whole foods are found, but in the middle. Anything that you're finding on a shelf in a grocery store is probably going to have some of these in them. And I'm just going to tell you to watch out and see if you can exchange for products that don't have them in there and just simply minimize and eliminate as much as possible. Okay, what I just shared with you is not rocket science. If you're ever confused 
about whether or not something is okay to eat for your diabetes, I want you to ask yourself this basic question. Okay, I'm giving you a way to critically think without having to ask the internet, your doctor or your dietitian, or your friend that has diabetes. Okay, I want you to be able to look at your food and to critically consider and make decisions for yourself that feel right to you. And this question is very valuable. What did my great-grandparents eat? What did we eat 500 to 5,000 years ago? If you can look at your food through the eyes of a person who ate 500 years ago or longer, you will be able to make most of the decisions about what is healthy or what is not healthy, what is going to support you in reaching your health goals and what will not. I'm not going to get into the weeds right now. And you might want to ask some questions like, what about fruit, Sarah? What about quinoa? Right? These are the the answers to that question or the question of this or that is really going to be highly individualized. There are nuances amongst fruit. Uh, For some people, certain whole grains like quinoa are fine. And then certain others like corn are not fine. So when it comes down to it, ask yourself the question that I just gave you and eat to your meter. Check it out. Ask your body. Okay, your body knows what it likes and what it doesn't like. It will tell you through symptoms, through blood sugar readings, all of that. So the last thing I want to cover really quick is the question of when to eat. When we eat is just as critical as what we eat. We often forget this. I will create a podcast dedicated to this question, but for now, I just want you to consider this. What human on the earth, living any time before, say, 1900, consumed food five or six or more times a day? Shoot, how often did your grandparents eat in a day? This is not logical to believe that humans should eat constantly from the moment we wake up to the moment that we go to bed. And this flies in the face of a lot of dietary advice coming from doctors and dietitians and weight loss experts in the fitness industry that you need to eat constantly multiple times a day in order to keep your blood sugar normal or to keep your metabolism going. That does not make sense when you consider that human beings have only been following that advice for like 0.01% of the time we've spent on this earth. And look at the chronic disease that we have now. So stay tuned about that topic. I will go into that some more in the future. And I want to ask you just one more question to help you integrate and apply what we talked about today. What are you routinely eating in your diet that's not serving you? What is one change you could make right now to support your body in healing? Yeah, answer that question for yourself. All right, and then I'm going to share with you guys in the show note links one more recipe today for garlic mushrooms. Yeah, non-starchy veggies can be incredibly delicious. Okay, I bought Baby Bella mushrooms and I can't get enough of them because they're delicious when you cook them with butter, when you cook them 
till they're golden and crispy. You throw in some garlic, some thyme, some parsley, um, and you can serve them with something or you can eat them all by themselves because they're that good. All right. I hope you guys have an awesome day and I'll see you next week. High five for tuning in with me today. You are getting smarter and stronger when you show up for yourself this way. You can get more free tools to help you control type 2 diabetes on my website, sarahtownley.com. And if you're serious about ending your struggle with diabetes, join my membership, The Diabetes Revolution, where you work with me in a community of people just like you. See you on the next episode.